0: Hey guys, it's Dusted Bones here once again, and yep, yeah, we're doing two in one day because for the first time ever, we're now presenting you Volume Two of the Chinese Democracy Collection of the Guns and Radio Podcast. Well, you know, we couldn't just celebrate with the collection that we'd already previously released, so we thought we would do it again. So now we're bringing you the last three songs from the album that we reviewed so hopefully you'll join us as we celebrate 13 years of this awesome album with every single song we've reviewed all in one easy place to find and you know what hopefully in the future we'll have many many more to come so with that sit back and enjoy the chinese democracy collection volume two
1: the taste of Joe Exotic. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I don't want to taste any more of them.
2: I love
0: that part, by the way. I like the yeah, whole feel it. of the song. In the middle? The, the whole summer. feel of it feel like it's very like epic from beginning to end yeah I, agree. I can agree with that like it's got I hate to call them verses because it doesn't really follow that format too much yeah
1: there, there's one thing that keeps this song from being perfect for me and I'll talk about when it gets to it because okay. I don't want
3: to yeah mm-hmm. yeah I was going to say even speak on the intro like especially the intro and like that outro with the that sort of like choir there for a few seconds a little bit of orchestra layering in there I'm glad they added that to the final mix because, like, hearing previous demos of it, it, like, the previous demos, like, if you like, the 01 or, like, an 06 demo, like, from, like, the leaks or whatever, um, it it sounds almost there, but it's not the same without, like, those like that Without the vocalizing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with, like, that orchestra and the choir, that's, like, the the icing on the cake, I would, like, call it.
0: Yeah. Uh, that that, that adds a lot to me, too, because, like, uh, I always called it the angel voice. I didn't know what to call mm-hmm. it. To me, it always yeah, made me very, think of yeah. like it's angels angel and voice. shit. So I always mm-hmm. said the angel voice. But uh, I remember to me the first time when me and Rick were going to see GNR all these times. One of the show, every show, I would be like praying, please let's either have uh, there was a time or dead flowers because I loved. Those two songs they were both so rare, equally rare at that point in the mm-hmm. set list that uh either way, it would have been a special show had they played those, so after I got dead flowers, I was always like, "Oh, let's do there was a time, and I never thought they, that we would do it, that we would ever get to see it and then the first night that we went to Vegas, they hadn't played there was a time, but like. They played it at the XM show, but they didn't play it on the DVD. And then after the XM show, they didn't play it again for that residency until the last two nights.
2: And, oh, uh, yeah.
0: oh, yeah. So I thought, and they would do that a lot. I was noticing that pattern. Where there was a time how they would play it a lot, and it was like at a batch of shows I had no intention of being at. <laughs> then when my shows would come along, they'd change it to riffraff or something. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I forgot about riffraff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so, um, we're sitting there, and, uh, I don't remember what song come before that, but I know the the lights went off, and, uh, I was with people that I'd been, you know, fucking gambling with and shit all day. We had a huge group of us that were all together in the front row, and had been together all day, and, uh, we all started chanting, there was a time in unison, and, uh, like, uh, you see them moving around. Like, I don't know if that had anything to do with it at all. Hmm. Part of me wants to tell myself it does. Yeah. Like, maybe they did that because of us yelling it so much. But, uh, in reality, probably not. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, anyway when the when uh the angel voice started and that that purple at the time the lighting scheme was purple started slowly rising up on the stage dude that fucking pit exploded <laughs> and uh uh the only thing I really heard after the angel voice. I could hear the music sometimes, but it was mostly the crowds going like broken glass and cigarette. You know what I That's mean? Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so I've got good memories tied with, and the fact that it's there was a fucking time. I think we can all agree that this is one of the best songs ever. Oh yeah, it's up there. It's up there. It's a really fucking epic song.
1: And it, like I said, there's just one thing for me that kind of halts that, but it all around it's insane. Let's go back.
0: Well, at the beginning here, the lyrics and stuff, the woman that it's about, I think we that's Stephanie Seymour, right? Yeah. Uh, I
3: guess. Yeah, like it's Stephanie, a, Stephanie
0: yeah, Seymour. Probably
3: wrote it, yeah, about her. Yeah, it's a Stephanie Seymour song.
0: Because didn't GNR Central do a breakdown of like, on the way to your last call, because she's a model and, you know what I mean, and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, because the first line, well, the broken glass, cigarettes on the wall, whatever. It was actually apparently stated by Axel. It was based on a real fight he had. Glass was thrown, and then something written in lipstick on the
1: wall. So, so that part that just played—that is the part that stops me from saying it's a perfect song. What was it? That the the breakdown in the middle, where it's like it was a long time for you. It was a long, like it just ruins the flow of the song for me. So they do it, like, two or three times throughout the whole length of the song, and it just kills the momentum for me. So when it does that, it just becomes, like, another song, a song that, like, is not as good as the whole song should be for me. So when it does hmm. that, I'm, like, feeling it, and then when I'm listening to my headphones, and that part comes down, I'm like, it's been a long time for you. I'm like, ah, eh. Like, if I have to go through this to get to, like, the epic scream or the epic guitar solo, I'm fine, but... For me, that's the only thing that stops it from being like a perfect song.
0: It that that's not the only time that it switches directions altogether, but I can mm. see it being jarring, kind of right there. But yeah, uh, that's a good word for it. That's
1: a really good word for
0: it. To me, the when it gets back into the flow that you're used to, that it sets up at the beginning, right yeah. there. To me, that's kind of like the solution to the melody. I agree. So, like, while it does jar you, it brings you back on course. But then, here in a minute, we're going to change course altogether. Okay, so now here's where we're going to start really building up to uh, the the second, what's the word I'm looking for? Act of the song?
3: Part two, I guess. Basically, the second half, like that bridge, and then, yeah.
0: i just want to say the orchestra too dude, everything's fucking
1: primo in this song like dude yeah the build-up once it gets to the point where yeah he's screaming in the background behind all of the instruments it's just you like
0: euphoric in a weird way mm-hmm.
3: absolutely yeah
0: do we know if this orchestra is,
3: yeah.
0: is that a legit orchestra or is that synthetic
3: um, knowing him some, it's but... probably synthetic there's, there's both, because I I have the liner notes here from the album. The orchestra is credited to Marco Beltrami and Paul Buckmaster, but there's also a synth orchestra that's done by Dizzy Reed, Axel Rose, and Chris Pittman.
0: Oh, okay. That's really cool. Yeah.
3: And also, the Mellotron is also done by Chris Pittman.
0: Ah, oh, nice.
3: Yeah. So, like, we give Pittman shit, but, like, he was very, like, oh, influential on in the yeah. sound of this album. Like, absolutely.
1: Yeah. now is this busy or is this actual
0: on piano yeah uh, i'm not sure
3: actually paul tobias on piano
0: oh wow huh. oh really
3: paul fucking tobias he's actually oh, credited yeah yeah
0: I
1: was not okay. expecting that. I was that that was a twist I didn't see coming.
3: Yeah, so like he's credited along with Axel and Disney as like the writers of the song.
1: Wow. Hm. Here we go, here we go, here
2: we go. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm gonna pause right there as hard as it it is so hard not to just <laughs> listen to this song, but uh, we have to pause for uh for a segment here. We are going to listen to slash's version of this guitar solo mm-hmm. now, but then we're gonna come back and compare it to the album version and choose a winner
3: mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So it's slash against because it says the guitar solos here are done by both Robin Fink and Buckethead. And
0: Buckethead. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, so Robin Fink and Buckethead versus Slash.
1: May the best Ashbur win, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Winner gets a free case of Ashbur water.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> what is that called again? Is it just called Ashbur water? Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: God. All right, here's Slash playing the solo to "There Was a Time." What, where did we take this from? The same one we always take them from?
3: Yeah, from the forum in Englewood.
2: 2017. I'm not feeling it.
0: I don't like Slash's version. Uh, to me, it kinda sounded like somebody was trying to play the guitar solo to There Was a Time that doesn't know how it goes. A- exactly, a hundred percent I agree.
3: I think that's like Slash with a lot of these Chidem songs. Like there's a couple where he does like his own like take on it and it's interesting. You know, like with uh like Chidem or Better, when they do those that those couple songs live, they're really good. But with like the other like sixty, seventy percent of the Chidem songs they played not really. I don't know. It just does not doesn't it the same way.
0: I mean, it yeah, was cool like he to doesn't... hear Slash's take on them. But like when Bumblefoot and Bucket played your solos, yeah, yeah. they changed them up a little bit. But they yeah. pretty much played them the way they go.
3: This yeah, is not, exactly. yeah. This like Slash wasn't made for Chinese democracy. Like his like, like typical like guitar sound and his style was not made for this album.
0: And you know I he agree. could That's do a good it. Point. He's he's yeah. fucking Slash.
3: He just wasn't made for this vision, and like, there's a reason why he wasn't part of this album.
1: And that's why he got that fax in 1996. <laughs> what fax? The fax that he got fired. Remember? Oh. Or,
3: or he fucking quit the band every the week.
1: Oh, or he quit. Yeah, whatever story. Yeah, whoever his yeah. autobiography is right.
3: <laughs> Slash doesn't want to say it, but he's got just as big of a fucking ego as Axel does. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Just I don't know why people like them more.
0: All right, now let's hear the version we all know and love. Back to the album. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I meant to start this part. This part starts at a different time in the album than that version. So in all fairness, it's not going to start until after this. just like talk and stuff right now
1: yeah i just want to listen to the solo yeah, i do too but we're doing a road. podcast
0: and i don't know how much of this is cool for us to just listen to <laughs> I'll Give it it up just a minute mm-hmm. that bass right mm-hmm. there is just epic too right there the bass breakdown is insane
3: Shout out to the general Tommy Simpson
0: Yeah. So, what do you guys think? Which of those two uh, was your favorite? Do you like Slash or the, or the album version better? Uh, album version. I think album I version. know. Well, I, well, I'm talking to the, the other people. We all said. I think I know what oh. version the Twitter the Twitter oh. verse is going to pick because they Twitter always yes.
3: pick yes. the, the verse.
0: All right. Let's get to the ending. there was a time now twat I refuse to call this song twat I have never (laughs) called it twat and I will never call it twat because I I am not going to degrade this song (laughs) by calling it twat Mm -hmm. hey Axel did it himself I know he did it himself that's fine it's his song
3: and I mean, he... that's probably his feelings, you know, towards the <laughs> Toward the woman. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Man, it's
0: just such an epic, epic song. That'd be like the same sacrilege, in my opinion, as calling November rain, no rain, no mm-hmm. rain. Yeah,
1: like no you know, rain. or
3: just November.
0: <laughs> November, yeah. Was that was it? Rain song, Guns N' Roses. Say,
3: do you remember the twenty-first <laughs> night of November? <laughs> that was a re- remake
0: uh, Anything else Anybody else Wants to add To there was a time
3: Um, I was gonna say I like I just Like was like Thought of this now Like that sort of Like from the First solo onwards Like after the bridge It kind of reminds me Of like you know If you've ever listened to A lot of like thrash metal Especially like Metallica Where it would build up mm. And then like the last Like two minutes Where it like Just completely like Flips the script On the song That's kind of What it reminds gives. me of yeah kind of like that or like uh like a seek and destroy where you're used to the same riff like the first like three four minutes and then then, like it it just like it just flips the script and it goes like super fast pace kind of like um oh day that never come it was like kind of like that where it's very like slow pace and it goes like fucking like off the rails like super fast that's what it kind of reminds me of like that like the last like two three minutes of like thrash metal where it's just like we're going fast now we're just gonna like fuck this shit like in a good way.
0: To me, what I can say negatively, uh, like Dan made some good points about how the, the course is a little jarring for the verses at the first section. Um, mm-hmm. to me, what I don't like about the first section is, uh, the lyric about near the man that you gave head. Cause for such a song where everything else is such perfect, so perfect, there's a way to make that, more elegant yeah it's kind of grimy Yeah, you know what I mean like to, you can say something like that but there's a different approach that I think could be could should have been taken for that lyric considering but I mean fuck you're, when you're writing this you don't know if you've got a hit on your hands you know what I mean like you're making it mm-hmm. probably for the artist is making it for himself first
3: so, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean... But, like, that's probably my only bitch about it. Like, uh, like you could say near the man that you brought in, and that would make that... That would make that... Or the man that you took in, or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. ways of going about that to make that part a little less trashy. And, uh... But, I mean... In my opinion, what happens next after that completely forgives any slips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Has.
1: Yeah, even the the parts I don't like. Everything after the second time they do that, like jarring, like long time for you. Everything after that just wipes that away because it's just on a roll. It goes off the rails, but in like the perfect way.
0: Yeah. That's that thing everybody with music theory is talking about. Guns and Roses, how they're always right there at the edge of going off the rail. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Pretty good, yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: yeah. It does reflect yeah. that. Uh, ratings, yeah. Dan. Do you want to go first? Since uh, I'm definitely going to say a four.
1: If I do, if I have to do solids, a four point five. If I can do halves, because that one thing really ruins it for me listening to it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, Unfortunately, because when yeah. I do listen to it, I'm like, "Holy shit, this song's epic," and when I saw it live, I'm like, "This fucking song's amazing," but it just, it kind of like, it just kills me a little bit the the parts I don't like.
3: Chris, yes, uh, going on that, I can I can see I can see like your point, Dan, on like that like first chorus hits, but to me, I feel it's more like, like like it's like it does kind of throw you a bit off kilter, but I think in a good way, like if you're listening to the song, it's not like, you know, you're listening. It's like, Oh, it's very like soft, whatever. And then like, you know, the song sort of kicks into a different gear. You like, you know, like, uh, like shit's about to like happen basically. So
1: your theory is it's essential for that to do that
0: in order for the song to be better to kind of act. I think as, uh, no. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Prelude, if you will. Uh, give you a uh, yeah. foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, I get what you're
3: to violence. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy enough, I think, like, this song has grown with me, like, on me over time, sort of, because, like, when I first got my hands on Trident, like, the album, this is always one like, I was never into, but then, like, later on, like, I really, like, got hooked on the song, and, like, and now it's pretty much, I can see why a lot of other, like, hardcore bands call this, like, an epic, like, a very underrated song, and it's it's one that I will like never skip anymore. So I'm going to give this a perfect five out of five.
0: Damn. All right. Uh, for me, I did give my, uh, my negative to it, what I thought about it. Um, but like we talking about earlier, like everything that happens following that completely, uh, redeems it from having a trap it's guns and roses Why? Well, <laughs> like they, they have so many songs about fuck they have they recorded themselves fucking a woman in the in, in the studio <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> <Gummy. yes. laughs> so i mean to have that little bit of sleaze in there i guess is perfectly forgivable because of who we're dealing with here yeah um bringing the sleaze back And it doesn't affect the parts. The parts for me that are the best is uh, after uh, the I would do anything for you. And then that guitar comes back in. as soon as that guitar hits, and it's like, wow, wow, wow. Dude, that shit just fucking sends chills down my blood. Like, I'm fucking getting chills right now just thinking about it. Just talking about about it. Yeah. Like, like that part moves me... uh, in a way, and then it takes me way up here. to I love this shit. So by the time it starts to trinkle down at the end, it's it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I could listen to it all day, but I know it's about over. But it comes to such a satisfying conclusion. So like sometimes you'll yeah. hear a song, like I listen to a lot of Irish drinking songs, <laughs> as weird <laughs> as this is. And those songs are catchy and they're fun, but they don't seem to last long enough. You know what I mean? Like you might Mm -hmm. rewind it. I want to hear that again. You rewind it. This one comes to such a satisfying conclusion that even though I could sit there and listen to uh, a fifteen, like three more minutes of this shit. Can you imagine if there was a longer version? Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But like the conclusion when it comes because it starts with Angel's voice and then it ends by the time it gets to that dun 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 dun. And the, the musically you get that solution, but then you get a, a second solution to everything at the final end when the when the with the outro with the voices. And uh live, the song sucks. <laughs> yeah, um
3: I mean like an old six was alright, but it hasn't been like that since.
0: But on the album, I feel like it's one of the most uh if not perfect, definitely closest to perfect uh songs. Uh, I can think of the only other song I can think of that gives me chills on a certain note like that is uh, the second guitar solo to Any Way You Want It by Journey Uh, really? Mm, oh yeah dude that one fucking that one fucking moves me as well but uh, for that uh, because I can feel it and not just through my ears but in my body (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This gets a perfect five out from me too. All right. I love this song. It's yeah. one of my favorite songs. Two, five, two fives in mm-hmm. a four and a four and a half. Not too bad. The uh the song itself would uh would leak in what oh six?
3: I think it was oh six, and if I'm not mistaken, let me double check here. Um it leaked yeah, February oh six. And then like the final version leaked again in oh seven.
0: Okay. So now, when it was used in the Harley-Davidson commercial, when was that?
3: That was, I think, around, oh, yeah, it was, that was the end of '06. Okay.
0: So, that was a Super Bowl commercial. Did that actually play on the Super Bowl?
3: No, that wasn't a Super Bowl. It was just, it was in October of 2006 when the, Okay. The, yeah, so it wasn't Super Bowl. It was, like, way before then.
0: Okay, so I'd heard, I'd always heard it was a Super Bowl commercial. So, I guess that's bullshit.
3: Yeah, that's bullshit. Okay. Bullshit. So um,
0: bullshit. So uh, the the and you told me something about the Harley Davidson commercial, which I'm going to play right now in the background. You can find Mm -hmm. that on the internet. Uh, I don't know three, two, one, play if you really want to watch it, but it's black and white, and uh, you see a bunch of sheep. You sent me this earlier. Now, Mm -hmm. for some reason, when I originally saw this, I thought it was goats. I remembered it being goats, but, uh, (laughs) it's like, you see the black sheep, they all leave the pack, I guess, to be their own individuals and get away from the herd and they kind of start their own, own herd, Mm -hmm. I guess is the, is the deal.
3: Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Staying out for the rest of the pack. No. Yeah.
0: But you make your own pack in the process
3: yeah it's basically like the one black sheet you know standing out from the rest it's like it's a whole little marketing thing it's pretty cool though. but yeah speaking of like how better was involved in that like according to dizzy Reed, he said like the 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 version with better kind of leaked out as an accident so there's the yeah this version with that demo and then one with just paradise city okay yeah
0: so um I've never actually seen the Paradise City version of that commercial, so mm. that's pretty cool to uh, to think about. But like, I didn't know about that till we were talking before we went on the air. I didn't realize that this was uh, uh, that there was a Paradise City version of that commercial. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you wouldn't scrap a whole commercial just because of the song. You would either change the song or change the artist altogether and put a different song in it. If you know you're getting too much trouble out of the GNR camp and you're like okay well fuck this and then you go and put I don't know the stone temple pilots or some shit in there and be done with it cuz like yeah. you've made the commercial <laughs> at this point
3: mm-hmm. you'll
0: find something to put in it
3: something I, some way somehow
0: <clears throat> let's see here what else what else it debuted live on May 12, 2006 at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and a, according to uh, Wikipedia, it has been played at almost every show ever since, and uh, during the Not in This Lifetime tour, a new version of the song has been put together and arranged, <clears throat> including, which, intro, which has an additional intro, you probably heard that at the beginning of this podcast,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, featuring Duff and Slash, which... I mean it's really cool that they're that they're um, that they're there. Slash and duff are there for this song, because uh, we're gonna get to that in a little bit and we're gonna do a a guitar battle when we get into the uh, the actual review. But um I mean I don't um I don't really th- Know of anything else we could uh, Talk about other than Like I said the song is The hit From uh,
3: Dude the hit that it should have been to be honest Because this is probably the best song off the album In my opinion it is
0: Oh yeah Like it's it's, If GNR had a new greatest hits Record come out Better would definitely be on that
3: Yeah I would throw this and I throw the title track sure and probably, like, There Was A Time. Oh, yeah. I'd say those three from this album, maybe if you want to include Street of Dreams, but, like, those are the only three or four you really need on there.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> but with that... <clears throat> excuse me, but with that, you want to um, listen to the song?
3: Fuck yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's listen to the song. We're going to listen to better. We've watched the music video, we normally don't do it like this. We normally either do... Um, one or the other, but this time we're going to listen to the studio version. Hell yeah! And then when we get to the guitar solo, we're going to pause the studio version. We're going to switch to uh, the live version, and then we're going to have the guitar battle in the middle of the song.
3: Yes, and we will put up a poll for that, and you guys can vote.
0: Yeah, you can vote. We're going to tell you. We're going to tell you what we think. Oh yeah, we're the judges here, man.
3: Don't get yeah, it fuck, twisted. Fuck everyone else. <laughs>
0: well, geez. We're not going to go that far, but okay. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. We'll tell
3: you what's good. Fuck them all to death.
0: <laughs> and I feel like that riff right there is the hook of the entire song.
3: Yeah. Robin because, Finkman. Yeah. This is, this is his tune.
0: That shit is beautiful. That's the only thing that disappoints me about them redoing it for, to with Duff and Slash. Like, almost completely gutting the song and doing a whole new intro is because that intro right there is all you need. Like, yeah. Everything else just feels like a little bit extra, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. I do like like the the new intro they wrote. Like, I would see I, if I were them, I would just make a fucking simple studio version, like better 2K16 or whatever. With that like little intro, you got the update, the backing vocals on there. Dude, even if you just have the same axle vocals from 2008 on there, fuck, that's all. That's it. That's all you need. Oh yeah, dude, that would be great.
0: Maybe some fan out there.
3: <laughs> someone it has makes... remade it. And everything I do have it somewhere. But like someone, it was on YouTube and it probably got fucking taken off or some shit. So I don't know. Air. Yep. Move <laughs> on.
0: I'm going to pause it again and say something here. Lyrically wise, this song is some of the best, like, poetry is the best word I know how to describe it, because I use this song as an example in songwriting when uh, I'm talking about a song, like, how do I word this? It's It feels like effortless rhyming. Like mm-hmm. everything rhymes like it should in this, but as you listen to it, it feels like he st- It's not. It doesn't sacrifice the the speech that he's giving mm-hmm. for the sake of a rhyme. Everything just feels like this is how people talk, mm-hmm. and it just so happens to all flow into place so perfectly.
3: Yeah, that's just that's that's actual songwriting like to a T right there. It's Good. like effortless. Oh yeah.
0: That bridge right there with the guitar too,
3: <clears throat> yeah, man. Is, just cool little shit like that.
0: Yeah, the little things, man. It's the little things that make all the difference. Yeah. Have you heard the theory that this song is about beta? Did you? Ever yeah, that's read the read
3: <laughs> the fan fiction. Yes, I was gonna say. I think they're more they're more interested in their relationship than Axel and Beta themselves are.
0: Yeah, what's going on there, man? <laughs> Wouldn't it be some shit if uh, it turned out they were married in real life?
3: Bro, I don't know. That's what like some people were saying the rumor was, but like I don't fucking believe a word of that because that's no way. I don't know. Maybe Axel likes the Cougars. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say just, he, hes now in the Cougar territory himself.
0: Well, that's what I'm about to say, man. Like when you when you're a man that fancies the Cougars and you get older, well, <laughs> your Cougars are gonna get a little older too.
3: Damn right. Even if you do kind of look like, you know, your average lesbian, it's all right. Some some chick will still want to plow you.
2: <laughs>
3: well, no offense. If you ever seen that picture with him and Mickey, Rourke? they look like a couple of fucking Karens. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: I mean, you thank goodness
3: wanna... he like did like the John Cena and like cut his hair a bit there, so like he looks not as lesbian now, which is good.
0: You know who I think of when I think of somebody that looks like your lesbian aunt, Hmm. Steven Tyler today.
3: (laughs) Dude, literally, he looks like an Italian grandmother with the fucking (laughs) like pantsuit and everything. Like right, like neighborhood watch, like on the porch talking (laughs) shit about everyone. It's like, did you see that? Oh
0: man, that reminds me, my friend Cece. Uh, we were at the bar one night and, uh, there was this guy there, I'm not going to say his name, but he's a regular at the bar that we attended before the COVID hit before the Rona, uh, mm-hmm. we would attend this little bar that's just right down the road from the house. And there's a guy there that was a regular and he'd gotten drunk and he wasn't feeling so good cause his back was hurting. So this guy at the bar, uh, is going to go get some crystals out of the truck he's going to heal him with these crystals. And, uh, so they told me this. I'm like, where'd he go? And they told me, and I thought they were fucking with me. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize we had a fucking wizard in the goddamn bar. <laughs> <laughs> and then CC, CC is insisting that this shit works. And I was like, oh, that's, and I think my exact words were, dude, that's fucking retarded. <laughs> And so I pissed everybody off because I'm over here just laughing my ass off because I thought they were fucking with me at first. <laughs> like, I thought they were pulling a, a prank on me. And, like, oh, everybody's shit. telling me somebody's going to come back with some crystals and it's going to heal an uh, old boy. I can't say his name. Cause, and you'll know why by the time I get to the end of the story. And uh, so CeCe goes, uh, well, he's going to go get him out of the car. And, you know, <laughs> she talks like it's right here. Her name's and <laughs> She's like, He's gonna go get him out of the car and then we're gonna prove it. And I was like, Oh, I don't you don't gotta prove it. I believe it's retarded. And <laughs> and so he comes back out and he gets uh we'll call him Jim, the guy that that he's trying to heal, just so I can tell the story better. So he's got Jim and uh He's got the crystals and he's pushing on him and stuff and like rubbing, pushing these crystals into his side. And everybody's drunk, even me, and I'm laughing over here. Like, would you go do some fucking magic? And he's like, you gonna chant the voodoo? Say, do the voodoo chant. Don't forget to do the voodoo chant. And and uh, while he's pushing these crystals in his stomach, Jim shits his pants. <laughs> And oh man, I felt so bad for him because then he went he went to leave and he lost his keys. So he was gonna have to go back in the bar after shitting himself. <laughs> and, oh my god. And try to find his keys. And so we had people in there looking for him to find his keys for him and uh Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. Poor guy shit on himself. <laughs>
3: oh shit he's just like two girls one cupped himself
0: and then you see me over here and then as soon as he's gone and uh, he's out of earshot so I can make fun of him without hurting his feelings I wasn't making fun of him I was making fun of the situation I go well I stand corrected (laughs) (laughs) I said they wasn't going to do anything I guess they do something (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Which is a perfect segue into the next line of this song. That was not planned, by the way. (laughs) And this is my favorite part of the song. Like, I didn't intend on, like, uh, parroting or ribbing on the song, but it's just funny that it worked out that way.
2: With the faith and the change of heart Gives my infatuation A broken heart by the spot for my Determination
0: This is definitely one of those that's hard to not just listen to the song. Yeah,
3: it's definitely hard for us right now. Okay, is this the guitar solo? Yeah, no. this is right here. Yeah, yeah this because is the it's solo. Because it
0: got to do the I never wanted you to be... That's solo.
3: after that. This is like the solo, whatever, and then it goes... Like that sort of like coda, okay. um, I guess. I don't know what the fuck they call it. Okay, so
0: with that, then we're going to go into the live version.
3: Not in this lifetime.
0: uh, Of Better. And we're going to play Slash's version of this guitar solo first. And, uh, man, we need a guitar battle.
3: Uh, Yeah, we need one of those. Yeah. If we find one, we'll definitely.
0: Yeah, we'll slip it in there somewhere. You guys get it. It's time for a guitar battle. It's time for a death battle, y'all.
3: Da-da-da-da.
0: oh we already get uh, was it boomstick and uh have you you have you ever seen death battle on YouTube
3: I don't think I have no
0: oh man it's great it's always like like one of them's like superman versus goku and uh then they like that that's just the one I can think of off the top of my head and then they do a uh a whole build up on it on how uh the um uh, Like they give all the stats and the superpowers and shit like that of the individual fighters, Mm -hmm. and uh, they give like a bio and what like a tale of the tape from each one, and that's most of the video. And then the battle itself is uh, usually eight bit video game style Mm -hmm. that you see it go down. Sometimes it's like three D video game. I think it really just depends on what kind of mood they're in.
3: I'm gonna go through some other. Uh, facts, sort of, you know, looking through the, the liner notes I've got here.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, so you can see this is uh, so sort of red, bleh, fuck, I can't speak now. Writing credits <laughs> go to Axel and Robin Fink, and as we look forward through here, uh, so guitars, Robin Fink, motherfucking Paul Tobias, Richard Portis. Buckethead, and Bumblefoot. So basically, if your name is Slash, Izzy, Stradlin, or Gilby Clark, you do not play on this song.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but everybody else in their damn everybody. dog is.
3: <laughs> Literally. Bass, Tommy Stinson. Drums, uh oh, Brain, both Brain and Frank. So they probably split their parts equally, whatever. Um, keyboards, Robin Fink, Dizzy Reed, and Chris Pittman. Wow. Huh.
0: Oh nice, nice.
3: Background vocal, background vocals, Dizzy Reed, Tommy Stinson, Chris Pittman, guitar solo, Buckethead and Robin Fink.
0: Okay, so it's uh it's a combination of the two. Yeah. Well that's cool. I didn't I didn't realize that, so
3: Yeah, and Fink had a lot to do with the song. He was part of the arrangement, the drum arrangement itself, and even this is your, your digital editing he was a part of it too. So this is like his. This is his fucking con- best contribution to the album.
0: So here we go. We're gonna go. I've got it loaded up. We're ready to go. Let's listen to Slash's version of the solo, and then we'll go back to the. Uh, we'll go back to the album version.
3: interesting because i like this the second solo of that he did better than like whatever the fuck that first one was
0: yeah i I gotta agree with you all right so Mm -hmm. let's go straight into the album version while it's fresh in our minds (laughs) Okay, there we go. <clears throat> we just did the uh, we did the comparisons now.
3: Yeah, so I believe like the first solo to me, like in the like the studio version, sounded very Buckethead esque, and that that recent second one is probably more Robin's solo.
0: Probably, I That's think. That's what I feel. Yeah, to me, I'm torn on this one. Like usually, I have a, a, a straight up opinion one way or the other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But like the first part before. Uh, before Axel comes back in, I like the studio version better of that. And the second part, though, I don't know. The slash version's pretty good. Some yeah, about definitely. the way the studio version hits, though, man. It could just because that's how I'm used to hearing it.
3: Yeah, that could be too. Like it's the one one thing we always sort of bring up whenever we do these. Like for us as like these hardcore GR fans, even listening to this album now for over like twelve years. Yeah. And so, like, that's basically ingrained in our heads so much, where it's like, if there's anything else, either it has to be really fucking good to live up to what our expectations are. Yeah, it's jarring. Yeah, oh, like, that's...
0: At some point, but... Yeah,
3: because uh, you can't imagine it with, like, anything else sounding any other way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, that's not us being closed-minded, that's just... that's just how we hear our song you know what i mean it's like,
3: just like anything like psychologically if anything you even do in real life you've been doing the same thing the same way x amount of years and you're doing it another different way obviously you're gonna gonna be some resistance to it
0: yeah but i don't know man i guess you could kind of look at it as two different songs and mm. way, but let us know what you think on discord on twitter uh, at Guns and Radio Pod on Instagram wherever you want to communicate with us give us your opinion on this uh, this guitar battle this is what the fourth or fifth one
3: I think so because we did one for we did Prostitute yeah. Street of Dreams uh, Catcher in the Rye
0: and then there was uh, there was one that we did There Was a Time okay yeah there was a time yeah. Uh, so this is fit, but there, wasn't there one that we did that was like an old school GNR song, where we combine, I don't remember. It's oh, I don't long.
3: fucking remember. We're almost fifty episodes. I cannot. Watch.
0: <laughs> and we don't remember everything we do in every single episode. But I was
3: gonna say a couple weeks ago, I think, I, or was it this week? Or a couple weeks ago, I fucked up the episode number.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we 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 do that like every week,
3: dude. Yeah, every week. <laughs> We're like, what episode is this? Oh, I thought this was like forty something. <laughs> it's like nope.
0: It's weird that this is what, forty this is forty seven. We're almost yeah. to fifty episodes. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh let's get back in the song. I love this outro part here. Love it. it ladies and gentlemen better by guns and roses better i was looking into the track list because i've gotten curious there's 12 um sorry there's 14 songs on this album we have now covered one two three four six i think five six.
2: six
0: yeah we're yeah. almost we're almost halfway through chai Dam. shit damn it's weird to think about. So uh, ratings. Let's rate the song. Who wants to Ooh. go first? I, does it, like it matters?
3: Like it matters. I think you. I think everyone has listened to this from the beginning knows that we're gonna give this a fucking glorious review of sorts.
2: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
3: Like I'm breaking the, the the out of five scale for this one, and I'm gonna go fucking like. Okay, oh, I don't know. Do I want to over exaggerate it, or do I want to be semi realistic with it? Ooh, this is like probably like as as the best song of off chinese democracy and what should have been like one of the reasons why this album would actually sell more than like a million copies um like fuck it we're breaking the scale i'm gonna go like 30 out of five
0: (laughs) damn (laughs) yeah I will too. Uh, like I'll I'll I'll, sh- I'll shoot this one up too. I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to go the same direction. I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid five to be the voice of reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> one of us has to be reasonable here. I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a perfect score. This is a perfect song. That's a perfect score from us. Absolutely. That's what we're trying to say. Like, I was going to say
3: can- yeah. We've broken the scale before. Like, I think Welcome to the yeah. Jungle, I gave it like a 20 out of five. <laughs> <laughs> like a 27 out of 10 for some fucking reason. I don't remember. <laughs>
0: Do you like this better than uh, Welcome to the Jungle?
3: Oh, no, no. Jungle, I think Jungle has more history to it. Like, you cannot beat that song. I was going to say, actually, to make a good comparison here, if like Chinese Democracy, like the title track is like this era, this GNR lineup era's Welcome to the Jungle, then I'd say better would be like, this era's sweet child of mine, or like don't oh. cry, in that in that range somewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean I can I, I'm not gonna disagree with you.
3: Yeah, man, and like the accolades this song gets, like, is insane. Like uh, Rolling Stones' 100 Best Singles of 2008, Better was placed at number 19. Dude, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame listed the song as one of the 10 essential Guns and Roses songs.
0: Well, yeah, I mean you can't you can't deny mm-hmm. like
3: this
0: song's. Like greatness, no matter how bad you try, no matter yeah. how pissed off you are that Slash ain't in the band. During this time, you can't, you can't. Like anybody that's gonna listen to this song is gonna know that this is this is a classic.
3: This is, and like if you listen to the song and like you haven't heard the rest of Chatham, what the what the fuck you've been doing for the last twelve years? Just give it a shot, give it a chance. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's your own opinion. But like, just because Slash isn't on the album. Bro, come on.
0: Yeah, get the fuck over it, dude.
3: Yeah, don't don't be like, don't be like that friggin' like close-minded and like stupid. Yeah, Slash is great and all, but like still, you know. I mean, he's back get, in
0: the band now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you can quit your bitching and check out the fucking song. Yeah, is what is what we're saying?
3: Mm-hmm. And just one more accolade to sort of put the cherry on top here for a bit. Um, in twenty sixteen, Spin Magazine ranked it as the sixth best Guns N' Roses song. Out of all of them. Damn. It's just insane. Because, like, you see, like, the, oh, Best Guns real Song of All Time Reviews, whatever, like, other, like, magazine, like, websites do it, and they rank all the Chitam songs at the bottom, which is fucking bullshit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think that's bullshit that they, that people don't give them more of a chance than what they mm-hmm. deserve. Because, I mean, honestly, Chinese democracy is a great body of work. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, is every song on it just a five-star amazing song? Fuck no. There's but a few of I mean, them that are for sure. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And there's a few that people won't give a chance that are definitely uh, amazing masterpieces even. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't say... I, w- I would say this is either my second favorite album... It's always, it depends on my mood, man, like, sometimes Chai Dem is my favorite, sometimes Appetite's my favorite.
3: Yeah, that's, like, me too, like, I think Appetite has, like, the legacy of that, like, like, to me, Appetite is, like, lightning in a bottle, it's, like, a sound that it's, you know, often imitated, but never really duplicated at the same time, and I feel like it's kind of the same with, like, Chinese Democracy, because I can't really think of anything that's, like, similar to it. Yeah, it's like has these industrial like influences and all from all these different genres of rock, but there's nothing to say like, oh, this is like like this, or like it's like or it's like this band makes the exact same music or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. At least all their albums don't sound exactly alike.
3: Yeah, that's what I like about Junior. It's a different different vibe, different sound each time, and it's like what what's next, you know?
0: Yeah. Our song of the day is scraped. Not scrapped, scraped.
3: Yeah, scrapped would be two P's. That's right. You know that's Either. grammar.
0: Or maybe it is scrapped, and Axel just doesn't know how to spell. I don't
3: how? know. I think Axel's somewhat educated enough to know how to spell, unless like, unless. Um, <laughs> so, I, don't, well, I don't know. He's I don't know. I mean, he, you know. I know he probably didn't graduate high school, but he seems like a somewhat <laughs> knowledgeable person. He doesn't seem like a fucking idiot.
0: I wonder how you would write a song if you didn't know how to write.
3: That's interesting.
0: <laughs> Draw it out. Okay. Yeah.
3: I had this idea as a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a stick figure horse. Like, yeah, let's make a song out of this. Sure.
0: I would like to see the hieroglyphics he come up with for November rain. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's just someone still getting thrown for a cake. That That's always going to be in there regardless.
0: <laughs> that's definitely. <laughs> I just want to put out the layers of vocals. Yeah. In this, in this part, like there's there's the bass. You've got all of your layers covered here, and I believe that's probably Axel.
3: It is actually. I'm looking into it. This is the vocals. It. They're multi-track several times, especially that intro. So it's basically just layers upon layers of Axel, just probably singing in different keys, and they huh. just Pro Tools the shit out of it and put it all together like that.
0: Nice. so who's uh who's on the guitar in this one do we know for sure
3: oh which reminds me hang on let me pull out the old album and the booklet oh, oh not yeah. that one Sorry, i forget just, that you have that sorry guess. i just pulled out user illusion one for some reason it's there nah, well
0: different album
3: damn it that that was 20 years too late <laughs> <laughs> well sure we "User
0: go. illusion could be said it was four or five years too late
3: yeah uh do, do, do. oh hang on 86 to 92
0: we've always been waiting on this band. oh
3: here we go sorry i was going i was looking for the lyrics no i gotta look for the okay um so "Scrape" written by axel rose um, Buckethead actually has a writing credit on this
2: Oh,
3: because it says Brian Carroll is his last name there and then uh, Karen Costanzo also has got a writing credit. Um, guitars Buckethead, Ron Thal and Robin Fink oh. Brain on the drums, Mr. Stinson on the bass, Dizzy and Chris Pittman on keyboards um,
0: so it's a it's a chopped together mesh of the three takes.
3: Yeah, and then um Ron Thal and Buckethead on the guitar solos as well.
0: Okay. Let's skip back in. Stop, stop, stop. I gotta say, this is probably an impossible song to replicate live.
3: It is. I mean, I'm looking at like the, the stats too. I even pulled up on Setlist.fm. It's only been played twelve times, and the couple times I like we've heard it live, it it is very tough, especially that intro. Yeah, so I remember how they would used to do it? I think they would have like the those vocals, like the uh 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 whatever, and I guess they have Axel singing, and they have like maybe whoever was on backup. I guess like they had like Ron and um. Maybe or something doing a backup on the same time doing it. But yeah, that's why like it probably wasn't played live a lot just because it would probably kill Axel's voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rick wanted me to point out, by the way, that he was there for one of those.
3: Oh, so hang on, let's see. Yeah, because it did play it a few times in, in Canada on the, oh. on that like, 2010 Canadian tour. Nice. Um, yeah, because it was first played in Osaka, then at the Tokyo Dome show, which was... The Tokyo Dome was like the longest show up to that point in GNR history
0: well that gets it a 5 star right there We, as we all know anything that happens in the Tokyo Dome is automatically 5 star
3: oh yeah is Dave Meltzer reading concerts now? <laughs> shit he, he ran out of wrestling? <laughs> Buckethead right there. Oh,
0: yeah. No doubt.
3: Yeah, this is a Buckethead song.
0: (laughs) So has anybody questioned why the song is called Scraped Yet? I don't
3: know, I guess I couldn't think of a fucking name for it. Sorry. Yeah, I guess there's like it was the best thing they could come up with and that was it, I guess. Cause mm. this was like one of the tracks that no one fucking knew about leading up to the release of Chidem. Like a lot of the stuff already was like fucking leaked beforehand. This no one knew about until I think like I the, think. the the okay. mid the antiquiet leaks, whatever, when the whole album leaked literally in the middle of 08.
0: Oh, yeah, right before it came out.
3: Yeah, they don't about this and probably until those leaks, because this was not well known. But, man, that leak, was there. I
0: mean, the leak, the leaking shit in today's day and age is definitely a necessity, because let's be real, they're not going to put any fucking thing out now. But back then, like, that anti-quiet leak would kind of, does that kind of just, like, ruin it a little bit, that there was nothing left that you hadn't heard yet
3: yeah, I mean, like, uh, if you look at, like, the history of the leaks and the build-up, I mean, like, 06 was, like, the notorious year for all the leaks and stuff. Um, like, a lot of the tracks on the album were already leaked. There was, like, stuff from 2000, all this shit. But that pretty much just put the nail in the coffin. I mean, like, the dude got away with it because, like, there was no proof that this album was supposed to release that year, so.
0: Yeah, or ever. I mean, yeah,
3: and so he got away, I think, with, like, a lighter sentence or something, like, nothing.
0: Is that Squirrel?
3: I believe so, yeah.
0: Was that the guy's name? Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Or maybe that Bill. was a different leak. I think it was the same guy, I'm pretty sure. Someone someone can let us know that we're probably yeah. fucking wrong or whatever. Who knows? But
0: Or uh, or we'll look it up out of curiosity. I was going uh, to say, sp-
3: speaking of Mr. Squirrelly, I think um, the ladies from Nothing Lasts Forever recently interviewed him on their podcast oh. a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I'd say definitely check that out. It's a nice long, I think it was, a, it was almost like a two-hour interview they did with him.
0: Oh, nice all right get
2: some
0: guitars get that guitar on Solo. That was. And uh we still got about another minute of song left, so I'm gonna hit play one more time. Alrighty. Badass outro that we get on.
3: Yeah, that's another like outro solo, sounds like there. Yeah. And that's it? That's scraped, man.
0: Scraped? It's in the history books. Yes, we did scrape. So we did
3: it, and that yeah, track number eight off Chinese Democracy. That's actually I think the eighth song we've covered off this album so far. Is it?
2: What else so we, we done?
3: We've done better. Street okay. of Dreams. Um, we've did. There was a time. Catcher in the Rye. Uh, we just did scraped. Uh, Sorry, uh, Madagascar and prostitute.
0: I forgot about Madagascar, but you're right. We yeah. we're almost done. How many do we have left? Like three.
3: No, that's well. This is what number eight, I think. We're a little over halfway through the album. We got now. Chinese democracy. We, we have Shacklers. In- Shacklers. Shacklers. Um, have we done? Yeah, we done Street of Dreams. Um, yeah. if if the world Riyadh,
0: uh, if the world Riyadh,
3: IRS, and I think okay. this I love.
0: Yeah, we hadn't done this all up. Okay, so yeah. we, we, we still got plenty of Chinese democracy.
3: We still got at least five tracks.
0: I love that fucking album. So uh, dude really it excited.
3: is a very underrated piece of art. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face.
0: Oh yeah. So going on to that, let's uh give our final thoughts on scraped. Mm-hmm. You want me to go first? You want to go first? I'll, um, I'll
3: go first on this one. This is like the uh, for something that like no one, like no like fans knew about, it's not a bad song. I mean, still don't. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, it, it's, it's not a terrible song. Is it like the best song on the album? No, but um, it, it's still really good. Well, I, you know, this is one I would always kind of like skip through sometimes beforehand, but like it, it does grow on you over it over does. time for sure. Like, and it's just a good, good, uh, fun, straightforward rock song. It's there, definitely with the, you know, new metal industrial sort of vibes in there. Especially this is like a it's a totally a buckethead song. There's like this and like like Shacklers is a pretty much a, a fucking huge like a buckethead song through and through on this album. Like this these two for sure are like the ones you can say like Buckethead had a hand in like really creating these ones. Oh. And it really shows man the guitar work, all like insane everything just flows it work. I don't know the lyrics to me basically sound like it would belong in a fucking Nike commercial.
0: <laughs> like you just photo- imagine like
3: You can just imagine Colin Kaepernick running through the streets or something to the song. (laughs) Just the lyrics like, nothing's impossible. I'm one's up. Well, you know, like those like.
0: Maybe that was the idea. I was like, well, we'll try to put this on the record. And then if we don't come up with anything better, we'll sell it for a fucking Nike commercial. Yeah, they should have put this
3: in the the Harley Davidson commercial. It's not fucking better.
0: I know. That was. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't make no sense to me.
3: Yeah, I don't know. But I guess. It's it, it maybe it still kind of worked with the theme of that commercial and everything, too. But still, this would have been interesting, I think. It's either that or this was just Axl Rose's gateway into becoming like the Tony, like a rock and roll Tony Robbins. And just play this as like his like self help motivational style thing. You can do it.
2: <laughs>
3: if I can do it, you can too. Don't try to stop us now. <laughs> I refuse.
2: God damn.
0: <laughs> oh man could you imagine Axel Rose on that glider? what's that what's that other nah you know what I'm talking about the 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 workout people that are trying to encourage you
3: oh he's like fucking he's like a crossFit dude or something <laughs> <laughs> Axel Rose just preaches about crossFit
0: oh man Hey yeah, dude um, I wake up at
3: 6 am for this shit no one gives a fuck <laughs> Yeah, man, CrossFit games. Oh, that's my shit. Fuck uh, you. We get it. You do CrossFit.
0: What's your star rating on
3: this? Um, it it's tough because it's like I, this song has grown over time for me. Like, like I said before, like you know, at first it was it was one probably you would skip. as was like the the weak link of this album. But now, really, um, you know, listening to this album, fucking a million more times, and actually to the song a lot more as well. It's it's solid. Is not the really the best song on this album? But it's not a terrible song. So it's like right under a 4 for me. I'm going to go 3.75 out of 5 on this one.
0: Yeah, I'm about the same realm. Uh it does grow on you over time. Mm-hmm. That 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 much is true. I do agree that much. And but um for the the, the for the very very most part, um when you first listen to it, it's like you don't, it don't didn't really leave a lasting impression. Kind of like mm-hmm. if the world when you're listening to the album from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you, when you single it out and you listen to it, like today when we were listening to it for the purpose of analysis, I'm hearing a few things I never noticed before. And it's layered so much like every other song on this fucking album that that's, uh, you find some interesting shit the more you listen to it. So I think I'm in the same boat. So I'm going to go like right in the middle and give it a three and a half.
3: All right. Yeah. I feel like in the more in the ebb of flow of things or like, if you listen to this album from like start to finish, maybe it doesn't really fit in. Well, if you're like, it's sort of in the flow of things, this would have been good for like maybe Chinese democracy two or three. If those fucking things ever happened. Yeah, That's how I, I feel. This was probably just like, I don't know what gig thrown in there. Maybe.
0: I mean, look at what like songs like perhaps though, and hard school, mm-hmm. they got cut completely. Yeah. Like they had to be, they had to be planning something.
3: Yeah, something. They had, fuck, at least 30, 40 songs. They could have made three albums out of those. Work on them. Even when you make yeah. another album out of it and scrap some of the other ones.
0: And I think we learned by the leaks that came out that this album was ready in 2001. There's no excuse.
3: In 2000, it, yeah, 2000, 2001, even by O two, if it was released, like right at the end of that like North American tour, and then they would go into whole more worldwide shit and whatever. But yeah. Alas, that's something for another um, uh, alternate dimension multiverse <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, Sorry, I've been watching too much Marvel, so I'm all about the multiverse <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> and uh, until next time, I'm Dusty
2: Bone.
3: And I'm Chris Caputo. We'll see you here next Monday for another edition of Guns and Radio.